How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Thorns Jungle. Hope you are all well and had a good week. Um, we've got a guest today. Uh, Scott, my brother, will be joining us uh, again on Thorns Jungle, this time to discuss uh, a documentary we did uh, in Malaysia called The Tale of the Tapir. It's actually the third installment, but uh, how's it going, Scott? Yeah, I'm good, man. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, it's bloody amazing weather today, isn't it? It's like 27 oh, degrees. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Bloody awesome. It's even going to be nicer tomorrow as well. So perfect weather to be sitting outside. We're at Scott's house and he's got his uh, podcast set up outside, which is nice uh, in this weather. And um, Scott's got his own podcast called The Jam Room Podcast. If you're into music and um, other, then yeah, check it out. Yeah, check it out or or don't. Either way is cool. It's up to you. It's a free world. <laughs> yeah. Scott's having a beer. I'm having a Pepsi Max. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a loser. So, no. <laughs> um Yeah, so today we've skipped ahead because I did uh, an episode on the first documentary we did. So a little background. Scott has come out on three uh different documentaries that we've done. The first one was Temple of the Viper, and I did a, um episode on that. I uh, should have gotten Scott on that. We could actually do it again with Scott because he would remember stuff that I didn't. Uh, then we did The Bearcat of Borneo and Tale of the Tapir. So we're jumping forward a bit to um, Tale of the Tapir because there's a little story in there that a lot of people have been asking about. So we've Yeah, thought- and, and just on that note... Um- Fuck, I miss travel. Oh, yeah, no shit. Like, I, I kind of feel like sometime this year we would be doing another one. Yeah. If if everything was, you know, blue skies like it used to be. It's, uh, it's a real shame, but uh, oh, yeah, it sucks. They, were, they were fucking great documentaries. Yeah, I mean. Had a lot of fun. That's like one thing I miss doing, and I used to do it every night. I would sit on my phone and look at flights to places and um, at, like you know, kind of not plan a trip, but see what potentially we could do. Dude, there's something just about like entertaining the thought of what you can do. It's just humbling sometimes. Oh, exactly. You're like, well, I can Whether go here. you commit or not, like, it's just like, oh, if I wanted to, I could do this. We don't even have those thoughts anymore. I know. It sucks. You don't know what you've got until it's been taken away from you. And, yeah. <sighs> but I mean, this time a year ago, it was like, I mean, just to the point now that we're even discussing international travel coming back is cool because a year ago it was like there wasn't even an end in sight. Yeah. Um, humans will figure this out. I'm sure of it. Well, yeah. You know, um, I don't think I don't think we're going backwards. I don't think we're getting fucking taken over by some draconian bullshit. Not yet. Um, not yet, but uh, I think the human spirit will prevail. Yeah. I'm an optimist. Yeah, well, you got to be, especially in a time like this. And yeah, yeah I think, yeah, it, it, I mean, we're not going to go back to normal. I know that. But we'll go back to as normal as we can get, I hope. But, you know, this shit's going to be around for a while. So, fuck. As long as I can get out and do something in the jungle or something, I'll be happy. And I'm selfish with it because, like, like, I don't care if people... <laughs> like, I don't care if you can't go on holiday. I just want to be able to go, <laughs> like, not on holiday, but I just want to be able to go out and film a TV show or something. As long as I can go and do that, 
I don't care if you guys can't go to go to Bali or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like as long as I can get out and film a TV show, I'm fine. But you know, that, oh, that's just well, that's my, the same. The like any, anything that's kind of a, um, I don't know, feels like some kind of charitable endeavor is somewhat selfish at some level anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like, you know, all my, you know, all the friends and stuff are like, I don't care if we don't travel. I don't care. I'm like, yeah, but that's not your livelihood. Like my livelihood now is is doing a TV show or something. That's what I do, and that's what I want to do. So it's like, you know, it sucks for me not being able to travel internationally. But hopefully, that's going to change. Yeah, but like, let, let's face it, we got a lot in. Yeah, while we could, and yeah, it was fun as fuck. So Taylor the Taper, I don't know. You want to get into it, man? Where do you want to start with this um incredible little journey that we went on? Well. It was, well, I just like gotten back from India Mm -hmm. and I did India. Scott didn't film that one, Um, but I got back from India and the guy that came with me was like, is there any other documentaries you want to do? And I was like, well, there there is. I want to find the uh, tapia in Malaysia, the Malayan tapia. And um, he was keen for it. I even booked his flights. That's right. And um, he bailed and... Like, you know, Scott was keen, so Scott well, jumped on. Uh, it's fuck it. it. It wasn't really a hard sell, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> like um, if someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, look, I'll I'll pay for you to to come on this epic journey. Uh, all you got to do is learn how to use this camera." I don't know. It's not well, really much of a choice. You well, got to do it. The thing is, like, we got the camera learning bit out of the way. It. In, uh, Temple of the Viper, because you yeah. pretty much had to learn everything with that camera, and because you know it was a uh, digital SLR, so there's there's issues with the ISO and shit. And, and the so. only thing that improved, because um, I didn't really study and get better in between, <laughs> so they all kind of looked the same. But uh, we used a drone for the first time ever. Yeah, that 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 was gold. I mean, so a background of where we were. So basically, we. You fly to Kuala Lumpur, and then it's like a well. Normally, it's like a five-hour drive out to Tamanagar. Yeah, so I was really hoping you would start with this story. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So we get off the airplane, and we're like, uh, we we stayed at the did we stay the night in the May Tower? No, that, we we, no, didn't, we, we went, didn't stay a night we at all. We went there. straight out of the airport. The That's first right. guy that offered us a lift, yeah, we asked him to take us. To Tamanagara. Yeah. So <laughs> normally you'd get a bus, like you'd get a coach there. But I was like, nah, fuck it. I can't be stuffed waiting around at bus stations and shit like that. So let's just get a taxi there, you know? And <laughs> what was it like? And by the fifth hour, we're like, all right, we've got to be nearly there. And, nah. and it didn't end. It didn't no. end. I, I don't know how long this taxi ride was. It's got it to be was between like, six was, and eight hours. It was like eight hours on, in this fucking tiny taxi. And Scott and I are both over six feet tall. It's not comfortable in an average sedan. It's in like the back seat. And it was and hot as fuck. Hot as fuck. And the guy he, had the windows open, so the aircon wasn't effective at all. Yeah. And and he kept on stopping to piss quite often as well. I recall. And he had agreed from the airport to take us there. And so after about four or five hours, he starts getting real pissed off that he's agreed to this fucking journey. So it got yep. more and more uncomfortable. It was not a good way to get to this remote little... Man. I don't even know if you'd call it a town. It was a little village, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this guy would start doing the huffing and puffing. So like for the last two hours of this journey, we just we just in silence hearing this guy just going, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> just getting more and more pissed off. And it didn't help that he was driving like fifty kilometers an hour the whole time, and cars were overtaking us. And we're like, why the fuck is he going so slow? And then he getting angry about up. it. Yeah, he, he did. himself up. But he time. had to stay the night in that town. <laughs> yeah, I remember him making a phone call to his wife to tell her that he wouldn't be home that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. But hell, <laughs> man, I I think that cost me like three hundred bucks or something. Just in, insane. Yeah, it was it was about the same as the flights. Yeah, and I mean, I've gone back to that jungle twice uh, after, and I got the coach, and it was like seven bucks, and you can recline the seat in the aircon. It, it's and it took uh, half the time in a bus. It took half the time. So. Bloody hell. It is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, we get that. This this like uh village, this town, it's like maybe one road and it's just got a few little Well there there was a road that came into town that um that stopped that had a dead end. Yeah. At that school there. And then you go right. And then there was another road. So it's technically two roads, but it's like the extent it's like a one road with a big driveway. Yeah. And that was the rest of the village, right? Yeah. And And, no, there was a couple of little this is going pathways coming off there, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, yeah, there's no, the, we had an issue, there was no ATMs there. Yeah, there was so, no ATM in the village, so yeah. whatever cash we had on us is what was good for, we, we got about a week out of that cash. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, that was after I'd given most of it to the bloody taxi driver, so yeah. I couldn't withdraw any, so I was like, shit. But um, it's like, to get to the jungle, you have to cross um, the... Tahan River, I think it's called, and you pay like this little guy a ringgit, yeah, and, and one ta- ringgit, yeah, and he would take you over to the entrance to the jungle, pretty much, and that's where we'll go on every day. We'll get up, get the little guy to take us across the river, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, we we were looking for the Malayan tapir. So they're actually more, there's less of them than there are giant pandas in the world, and they're like critically endangered. All tapirs are. But this one looks the best because it's almost got panda patterns on it. It's like black and white. Yeah, it's beautiful. Awesome animal. Uh, but the thing is, I thought it was going to be an easy trip because the Mutiara, which is like uh, the hotel kind of thing. It's the only hotel on the um, the national park side of this river. So the rest of the village is on one side. The only thing on the other side was this Mutiara resort. Um, which was and that's closed. Where, that's where we had originally <laughs> booked to stay as well. Yeah, it would have been a lot easier. But... The a few months earlier there was like insane floods, but but but, but they had a uh, like a they had a taper that would frequent the, the, the ground. There was a tapir that would walk in and walk around, and you know you could get fairly close to it. So I was like, this is going to be easy. We could um, you know, wait for that to be in the jungle, and we just film that, or still do our adventures. But like, at least we can get footage of this yeah, one we're like you know? we're guaranteed to find the animal that we were looking for which mm. in in like when you're doing wildlife stuff that is that's the point of it you have an animal that you need yeah. to find and what we would do is we would find it first and then we can just film all the rest afterwards because we've got the hard part out of the way you don't want to film all your like the majority of your stuff and then wait to the last minute to find the actual animal that you were there to find. Yeah, like you got to know what your climax is going to be. Yeah. So, but what had happened is a few months earlier, there was like incredible floods. Like the water level rose like 50 meters. Remember that roof was underwater 
uh, in those photos. And I, I know that that blue roof that yeah. was on, on top of the banks. It's a, I, I want to say 20, 25 meter floodwaters, something like that. Maybe Easily. fifty. Yeah. Like well, the Mutiara was underwater. Yeah. So and 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 you have remember that giant staircase you have to walk up. That's yeah. like a bloody thirty meter staircase. And then yeah, it's like twelve flights stairs. Yeah. You know. So. What had happened is the, the the local tapir that was walking around that used to come into that area had gone. He'd retreated. He, we couldn't find him. And the resort was still closed. It was still closed. Yeah, I mean that's it why was, we weren't staying there. Yeah, that was still closed. It was still closed. And um, so we were staying on the other side of the river, but it was an easy journey across. Um, and yeah, we we were trying to get some shots. So it must have been the first or the second day, and that's when the the drone thing happened. So I had a drone. And Scott had never used it before. Oh, I, I had used it about three times at a, at a no. Oh, yeah, no, we took it down to Woodvale Waters yeah, and we're practicing once, briefly. Once, um, yeah, and I thought I had this, but I, but I freaked out at the time. And we we're on the edge of this riverbank, and um, Adam's getting ready to sort of cross the river, and I was going to film him with a drone. It's going to be an epic shot. We still ended up getting the shot, guys. It doesn't end up that bad, <laughs> but um. Uh, as soon as I turned this drone on, went to fly. I, I forgot what back and forward was, and I got completely mixed up and just crashed it straight into the water. And I thought I'd ruined the entire trip. <laughs> it was literally one of the the darkest moments of my life, as far as like your stomach feeling of "oh shit, you fucked up." You know what I mean? That hasn't happened to me that often in life, but this one stands out because I heard I heard you sigh. Well, I, I I was I was walking across and I just hear this. Oh fuck 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 shit shit shit! And I look and just see it like full fanging sideways and like smashing into the bank and then rolling into like the water. Because <laughs> I freaked out between forward and back, uh, and it's slowly drifting towards the trees. Yeah, and I didn't want to accelerate it into the trees, and I was kind of frozen in that moment. But you probably so, would have been better off. <laughs> either way, it but, worked it, but, out. But th- those drones are like. It like pretty damn hardy. Like it's 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 survived a beating in India as well. It fell into water. This is before shit. like drones really took off. Like this yeah. this was like a, a Phantom Three, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a big fucking clunky yeah. thing, and you actually attach a GoPro to it. Like it doesn't come with a camera on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so w- we got the drone working. Like it, it worked, and we got some epic shots and stuff. But I think Tale of the Tabby was one of the um. Well, it was the only documentary that we did that didn't actually have any snakes in it this time. There was only snake skin that we found inside that tree. Oh, shit. Yeah, so... I've never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But we got some cool stuff like um, like the monitor lizard. That was cool. Called a nice um, clouded he monitor. huge. Yeah. Huge. Scratched good you up good. Yeah, he hacked Not me up. Not quite as good as Kings of Pain has scratched you up. Nah, nah. He was pretty epic. But though. yeah, monitor lizard scratched the fuck out of you. He wasn't as big as... Um, the one that you mentioned in a, in a previous podcast where we were, we were talking about the, um, the Viper. Yeah, the Temple of the Viper, that Cause, water cause monitor. That, that water monitor was not the one that we caught. The one that we saw beforehand was literally the size of uh, like a crocodile. It was like eight foot long. It, it was, was a salty yeah. walking around. It was like a bloody chasing after a Komodo drank. And I'm actually glad we didn't catch that one because I would have been, I would have jumped on it and been like, what the fuck do I do? This thing is bigger he, than me. Yeah, he, he would have um, unzipped you, man. Easily. Yeah, easily. <laughs> Um, I would have filmed it. Well, I would hope so. Like, if I'm gonna get fucking eviscerated, I want to be on it, it to be on camera. Yeah, there's a certain level of blood that I'd probably drop the camera, but haven't had to test that Only yet. Because you probably would have fainted. <laughs> oh fuck, <Yeah>. donk. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so Tamanagara is huge. It's like it's a national park um, that's 
it's four and a half thousand square kilometers. All right, so it it is damn big. It's massive, and it's the actual rainforest itself is one of the oldest rainforests. They estimate it's about one hundred thirty million years old. So it's this ancient, vast jungle, and it's as dude. Jungle I swear as to God, get. some of those people working on those boats were about that old as well. Oh, easily. Oh, easily. Those old fish. Nah, they were, they got to be at least a million. They were only like. 24 years old. It's just the sun. <laughs> it just it's a hard laugh out there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so basically we would walk into the jungle every day, spend the majority of the day getting shots, you know, trying to find animals to sort of fill the gaps in. Um, because but, but, with the this tapir one, we didn't find the tapir until like the very end of the trip. We are getting stressed out. And remember we are going through like, what else can we do this documentary on if we don't find yeah, this animal? How do we shift focus? Yeah, because we need yeah, we need something. Like, I don't know. I don't know if if your audience has to appreciate. There's a difference between what we did and what like Hollywood big studio productions do. Oh, big we time. didn't have a script or a story or like rented animals or anything like that nah. to fucking hook up. So you go out, explore the jungle, and find what you find, and then decide whether it's cool enough. To make a segment about exactly, we film everything, but then there's something that's like, you know what, this is actually really fucking cool. This like, let's do a segment on this. Yeah. So we did. We ended up doing a segment on like a fallen tree. Yeah. Because it was a fucking really cool I actually, fallen tree. I actually love that. Sh- it's the size of my house. Yeah, and it's like this tree is horizontal on the floor, but when you're on top of it, you're still like three stories high. Yeah. It was a <laughs> giant and and so cool. and you went back and saw that I, years later. I went back. Uh, what four four years ago, and it was because we filmed Taylor Tabor in like 2015, I think it was, and um, yeah, when I went back, it was just eaten by the jungle, like it was it's gone. Yeah, it was it was gone. I still walked on it, but instead of being above, like the majority of the jungle floor, I was like amongst the jungle floor. Like the jungle yeah. floor had just grown up to like yeah. the side the side of this tree. Two but, more years, and that thing's soil. Oh yeah, 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 it would just be bloody sawdust on the floor. Um, but yeah, like, like Scott was saying, um, like the, these documentaries that we did are like as real as you can get because we found, we found, we didn't have people catching the animals for us. We didn't have people planting the animals for us. Yeah. We caught some of the animals and then set up shots with them, but they would, they, we cached them. Oh, there's no way you can film a, a, a good segment after the adrenaline of catching some of those things. Yeah. And some of the things that we spent so long trying to catch we never ended up catching, so we could never film. Yeah. So there's hours out of your day. We, we would we would try and track that fucking flying lizard, that oh, Draco yeah. lizard, Jeez. yeah, for hours. Yeah, those those things. And he kept climbing up trees and flying to another one, and then we'd run to that tree. Like we have no, I don't even know how the fuck we were gonna catch. Yeah, this thing. I've actually talked to people that are caught there. So these Draco fly, they're gliding lizards. They're um. They're lizards and their ribs extend out with the membrane in between. So they can That's glide. That's their ribs? Yeah, it's, a, it's an extension of their ribs. Fucking Yeah, hell. so normally you get gliders that have like a membrane between their forelimbs and hind limbs, but this is actually an extension of their ribs. And they, um, when they're on the tree, you don't even know, think they have these things because they just look like normal lizards. But then they, you'll just see something look like a butterfly buzz past your head and you're like, that was a fucking lizard. Yeah. But I learned and recently. you don't notice until you see it land. Yeah. And then it all folds away and you're like, now I'm looking at a lizard. Yeah. That was a weird transformation. Yeah. 
And and the best way to catch them, I learned, was not by a net or anything like that, but by noosing them with fishing wire, sneaking up on them with a stick with a bit of fishing wire as a noose, and then noosing them. Otherwise, yeah, there's even with a net. We had so sticks. We didn't have fishing wire. Yeah, we we're trying to throw sticks near it to scare it, so it will uh, glide down to a lower, um, sort of a lower branch. Uh, but um. Yeah, it just didn't work because it would like they they can glide for like forty meters at a time. So, yeah, yeah. and and that wasn't the first time. There was a, there was another time closer to where we were staying. Yeah, we right on the trees, right outside right our room. Outside rooms. the roof. Yeah, and um, still couldn't get it. No, nah. still couldn't get it. No, nah, that would have been so cool on camera because they look like mini dragons. They're awesome, awesome lizards. Just Google a picture of one Draco gliding lizard or Draco flying lizard. That's one thing that's like really missing from culture when they depict dragons is like beautiful colors to their wings because yeah. like it, it had like a like a moth eye sort of thing on its flap there yeah right? what you said it's its ribs or whatever mm. it had a design on it it wasn't just like a piece of bat skin you know no nah, it's still it still had a because it's so small it's still a form of opposmatism which is brightly colored means leave me alone yeah, kind of thing out of here yeah but um they got that dewlap which acts as like a flag remember that little yellow thing under the neck yeah, that was yeah, like yeah, flapping yeah. That, that was like sort of to attract mates and stuff but um with dragons and stuff they probably wouldn't need opposmatism because there's nothing predating them yeah that's true they don't need to look like a butterfly no they would only have color colors to attract a mate pretty much um that's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Only the males, of course. The males are colourful. We're the prettiest. <laughs> <laughs> but so what What other animals? Oh, yeah, that cave. We found a cave. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, the cave. Yeah. So we, we came we came across this French... That's one of the coolest days ever, by the way. Because that, that was a serious hike to that get was, there. Well, it was almost vertical. fucking sheer cliff, pretty much. sheer cliff that we had to hike up. <laughs> that, was, that was no joke. And we had met a guy in the town the day before, and he said it's not that bad. Turns yeah. out this guy is like one of the world's best herpers. Yeah, he's a French herpetologist and he's like, yeah, pretty well, well renowned one. And he's and like doing this shit in like pretty much barefoot. Mm. Like he was just, he, he was the one that t- told you the tactic of get out early and run. Yeah. So, so what happens is with most animals, when you are quiet and sneaking up to them, that's what predators do. Predators stalk animals they are quiet and if if you're not threatening you'll just walk normally past them and they pop and, and animals won't be threatened by it like per se that was his sort of logic behind it was just walk normally walk fast and you'll either spring up on one yeah because he was kind of men- making out like it's foolish if you're walking slowly and yeah you are quieter They've still heard you. Oh, and they've smelt you. And so you've, you've given them more chance to get away if you're going slowly. So you might mm. as well just do it fast, and then they they still haven't maybe reacted yet. And so these like that's that's how he was giving you tips to find some fucking rare animals. You mm. know, yeah, like, like some things that everybody sees. Everybody's going to see them anyway. That bird's going to land next year. Yeah, but some like weird primates out there that he was saying you've got to get a glimpse of this which we never did the gibbons the gibbons we never mm. got to see the gibbons out there no. he's saying you know what if you get up early and you like pretty much jog your way yeah. th- three or four kilometers into this jungle you'll yeah. catch him off guard I mean when I was there the the second time I was there I heard them every day but you'd never fucking see them and it hell annoyed me because I've never actually seen haven't I no I've never actually no, I've never seen wild gibbons. 
I'll just no, I haven't. Not wild gibbons, but I hear them because it's one of my favourite sounds in the jungle, is hearing the gibbons singing. Yeah, but I never actually see them because they just want to keep the hell away from you. You got to, not, well, not sneak up on them, but you got to fucking hike through and yeah, catch, catch them by surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, so he and he he saw a, a female in its calf of a tapio. A tapio. Yeah. yeah, and he was like. Oh yeah, I saw one yesterday. We're like, are you fucking and serious? And using that method, he, yeah. he sprinted up that very sheer cliff. Yeah, that and we were up there, that, and that's why we went the next day. But yeah, we didn't find the tape at that time, but we did find this Found fucking huge cave. Sick cave, eh? It was wicked. It was full of bats and giant toads. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I remember. Did I chuck it on you? <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> all right. So at the bottom of this cave was a flowing river, right? Remember that? It was yeah, water it was... down the bottom and it was pretty damn far down. So you're kind of like clawed, like crabbing yeah. your way over these rocks. And there's bats <laughs> fucking lining the ceiling. And right underneath you is just guano everywhere. Fucking guano. Guano. Right? The great white bat makes great white guano. <laughs> One of the stupidest things in science yeah. ever said. And yeah, I did say Ace Ventura Science. Anyway, um, so we're there and I'm filming Adam. Doing a segment about this massive bouffong toad. Was that the? It was a bufo genus a toad bufo, for sure. Yeah. yeah, this thing was. Um, Actually, that, I don't think they are bufo anymore. They've changed the genus name. I think. But, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say. This thing was the size of, but like, I want to. I want to <laughs> say maybe thirty centimeter, twenty centimeters. It was. It was football sized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like the biggest, biggest toad you've ever seen. Check out the documentary if you want to see how big this this toad is. Yeah. And so I'm like wedged in this um, crevasse, right? <laughs> and um, f- I've got the light. I've got the camera. I'm filming Adam. My hands are busy. Adam films a segment and puts the toad on my lap. <laughs> and I'm I'm the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life. Today that is. <laughs> Still the I, most uncomfortable I've ever I, I, been in I my life. I just remember you like vibrating. Like, get, 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 get off, get off, get off, get off. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think I yelled at you that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the funniest thing about that whole that whole cave scene uh, to me was at the end, we found that um, there was a hole in the ceiling and you could get back out. Yeah. And there, was a, there happened to be a perfect <laughs> vine hanging down. And so we set up this shot. And Adam's just going to climb up the vine to get out of this cave, which is how we got out of the cave. But he climbs up without using his legs. <laughs> he just yeah. does the whole hands thing. You just see my legs like disappearing just, up yeah, like from the edges so of, of this cave. <laughs> it's one of the best shots of the doc over yeah. just It looks like I'm just being hoisted up because you just see my legs yeah. just dead weight just hanging. <laughs> just lifting out all of this cave. All body strength. Oh yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> he had to lift me out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I one couldn't hand. do that shit even with my legs. <laughs> Uh, but um, what else was there? So we like with the animals in there. We had like the we had the monitor, we had the bat scene with the toad. We had some other another beautiful, beautiful lizard. Um, yeah, the the green dragon. Yeah. Oh no, and we had the gecko as well. Oh, oh, we oh we had that giant toke gecko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it um, was huge. His hand was the size massive. of my. Oh, his head. Sorry, was the size of my fist. Yeah, and he was missing a leg as well. Um, Soldier And that, that cool frog So it was a Spotted litter frog Yeah the one with the red eyes Yeah Underneath yeah. it looked like A dragon fruit It was like white with um, Yeah With black dots on it That beautiful, was cool Beautiful yeah. thing um, uh, Again Maybe the first time It was ever filmed Yeah Couldn't find anything About that frog Yeah so it, uh, On Bearcat of Borneo 
uh, we filmed a Malayan blue uh, coral snake subspecies, the Bornean subspecies, and that was the first time, to my knowledge, that it was ever caught on camera, ever filmed. And then this frog, I can't find any other footage of it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're pretty uncommon. But, yeah, that was cool. It's another could, another could be first of. Um, but, yeah, so we... We'd get, we're setting up shots. We're doing like, you know, the trekking shots. We get close-ups of feet, you know, bashing through the jungle and things like that. And we want to add a time lapse. And this is the uh, incredible UFO story, guys. This is it. Yeah, I don't know how incredible it is. It's not it, that Because incredible. there's a million we, UFO stories out there. We this is get, just another UFO story. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get but, abducted this time. Yeah. But, so, yeah, we're on this beach. We're setting up a camping seat. Adam's got his tent out, right? I've pitched a tent. He's pitched his tent. He's pitched his tent, and then he went and set up a place to stay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I hit, my, hit the sack as well. And so we're filming all these time-lapse shots. So all our, com- uh, our cameras are, are occupied, right? Filming Adam, watching the sun go down. The sun goes down. And we're still filming these time-lapses. And uh, I don't know. What well, did you see? Well, what you got to understand is when you're out there, it is as pitch black as you can ever get. Like you turn off your flashlights and stuff. Not so much there on the beach. I got to say, like the beach wasn't too bad because it was if you're open under the up. canopy. Absolutely, it's pitch, it's, black. it's pitch black. But when you're when we're out on this little river beach, the stars were amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like you don't get mu- as much light pollution or anything like that, so you can see the stars really well. And um, we're doing this time lapse. So I'm sitting in front of the tent as the sun goes down, and um, the thing is. We need the sun to be fully down for it to look like nighttime. Otherwise, the camera will pick up any sort of light. So we had to ha- make sure that the sun was fully down. So it's pitch black. It had to get pretty dark, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like as, it's nighttime, right? And we're looking over the bank of this river. I'm sitting there. I've got to stay pretty still because in the time lapse, you move your head a little bit. It looks like you're moving your head a lot. Because it's like fast forwarded. Yeah, so, your, hair would just, your head would just be this like blurry yeah, spot. Yeah, this bobbin thing. Um, <laughs> but in the time lapse, you can see like, you know, it's getting dark, it's getting dark, and my head just looks up. And what had happened, this fucking glowing orange fucking disc appeared, like oval shaped thing, like appeared over the top of us. Yeah, it, it just appeared, and it was very obvious because we had been doing nothing but stare at the sky for the last, I don't know, I want to say 40 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, just chatting. It's pretty obvious when a massive fucking orange thing just appears. Yeah. Right? And, and this isn't like a flare because flares. They come from somewhere. Yeah, and you see them slowly dropping. And this thing was, it was moving, but like not, not dropping or anything, but it was moving. It wasn't just it like... It was tracking along the sky. Yeah. yeah. At a different rate to all the, the other stars. Like, like over that time, you, you did kind of see things appearing to move or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But either way, you can see it moving relative to those things. Yeah. So it was out of sync. It's y- not those things. No. And, and it was, it was huge. Like, it... It, you know, you see a, a star and you see a planet and planets glowing and they're a little bit bigger than stars. Like this was fucking way bigger than any anything in space that you can see yeah, from yeah. Earth. Like, let's, let's face it. If you imagine like an airplane in the sky, well, they're at like 30,000 feet mm. and how, how, how big that thing is, even in its biggest dimension, right? Front mm. to back. 
it seemed bigger than that. So it's either smaller and closer yep. or fucking massive and yeah. at an obscure altitude, right? Yeah. I mean, it was... You get that sense that this thing's fucking watching us. Like, you know, that because we're alone in the jungle at night and it's like, why is this here over over the top of us just appeared over the top of us? Yeah. So I think you're going with it. It was bigger and closer thing. Yeah. Or smaller and closer or whatever it was. It was substantial, but pretty close. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like get a, um, like a 10 cent coin or something and hold it out like that in front of you, fully extended, and then put it up in the sky. It's like, it was like that size glowing orange kind of thing. Like it was maybe... Maybe a little smaller, a but a little smaller than yeah. that, but but not much smaller. Yeah, but yeah. obviously not a flare, obviously not a drone, obviously not an aeroplane, um, or a meteor or a meteor, right? Because meteors meteors, sorry. Meteors don't stop midair. <laughs> no, they tend not to, unless they're coming right for you. Yeah, they, they just get bigger. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and then it hit me. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know what to say about it. Like, it, it happened. I mean, I don't even know. If you look back at the time-lapse footage, can you see the general area around us get lighter at all? I don't know. Because it wasn't that bright. Because like I said, no. it was a bit of, a, bit of an orange thing. But yeah. um, it, it hung there for a bit. It didn't just sit there and stop. It started moving slowly and then zipped off. Yeah. And when I say zipped off, it's not like it blinked off like a light. It... Definitely went in a direction and got rapidly smaller. Yeah, it fanged it off. Zipped and yeah. and um, we were left in the pitch black in the middle of the jungle, scared. Yeah, yeah. It was like after seeing that, it was like we still need to walk back, like in the middle of the like in pitch blackness in the jungle. And like I said, when you're under that canopy, it is as pitch black as you can get. Like it's very dark and. I mean, not to mention the tigers and stuff that are in that jungle, but fucking aliens. Yeah, I know. Enough's enough. <laughs> yeah, we got like tigers, um, leopards. Yeah, you know, there's venomous snakes. Uh, the, the elephants probably scared me oh, the most. Fuck! How did I forget about that? Oh, because well, that, that was afterwards. The, that was later in the trip. That's right. That was later yeah, in the yeah. trip. Yeah, that's when we went for another whole segment of the. the it was a whole other segment of, of jungle as well. Yes. Yeah. So after this UFO encounter, I mean, it wasn't like we got abducted or anything, but we did see an unidentified flying object in the jungle. And there's nothing, I, 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 there's nothing else it could have been. Like it couldn't, it wasn't anything that Dude, you Dude, could... it's one of those things that like, after seeing something like that, like, I'm not surprised when I see others. Um, yeah. you, you kind of... It's yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I know people could probably say, Oh, you just saw this, you just saw that, or whatever. It's like, um, I know what the fucking saw. I saw a weird light in the sky act very strangely, mm. appear and disappear at incredible speeds. Yeah, I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Like, and we were in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. This is not an airplane. This is like, like, how big is this fucking jungle again? Yeah, like four and a half thousand square kilometers. All right, it's- cool. <laughs> that's that's. I don't know, pretty far away from anybody's drone. Yeah, no shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I've, I've seen a UFO once or twice before and, like, you know you know when you're looking at something that's, you know, a human aircraft or a human drone. So, yeah, because there's one thing we didn't mention, by the way, the silence out there. Yeah, I de- yeah, I mean, if that was a drone, you'd fucking hear it. Yeah, because it's weird how the, the, the mind, like, it's loud as fuck out there. Mm. But there are all these weird 
insect noises, especially at night. Like the whole thing is just going beep, 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 beep. It's like yeah. buzzing at you. But your mind sort of takes that out and like human noises, like like a, 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 a stick cracking or a, or, a, or a mobile phone or something like that, yeah. they stand out because the background noise does... Yeah, it, it, it becomes while. the status quo, it becomes the equilibrium yeah. and it just becomes the norm. So you know when there is something n- like an unnatural noise yeah, something and, and out it, of, it out stands of out like a sore thumb. Yeah, but um, on that beach, it was particularly quiet though. Mm. I do remember that. I remember it being very quiet. When that happened, it felt even quieter. Yeah, and, and as well, Taman Nagara was nowhere near as loud as fucking borneo that was insane yeah. that was like a power drill going off in your ear 24 7 the cicadas going ape shit yeah but there was still obviously the jungle noises so like if you if there was a drone even if it was quiet and very high up you'd you'd hear it it would stand out you would go that's not a jungle noise well the phantom 3 was like the best drone on the market at the time yeah and that thing's noisy as shit yeah and it also is red with green lights yeah you know it doesn't it's not a solid glowing mass and and when i say glowing it's not like um bright shiny it was just like a like a almost dull solid yeah, light like, like a diffused light like a light with the i don't know it, it wasn't was, twinkling yeah. you know that's like, right yeah. yeah and you didn't get those like um those points of light coming off it you know those spikes that come off yeah it, like, like the like angelic star. lights yeah like, or, yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was diffused a little bit yeah but it yeah. was also very weird in its behavior so that counts out counts out any drone yeah there's no drones act like that no like it was yeah anyway yeah it was a ufo that was bizarre so it kind of gave us the chills yeah i mean that was a very brisk walk home after yeah (laughs) yeah i mean like i know aliens exist i know ufos are real i know there are extraterrestrials and i know they visit earth like i i'm i am a hundred percent i know you can never be a hundred percent sure but i am a hundred percent sure that that i believe it and i think aliens for some reason i mean if they were hostile then we'd be fucked and they probably would have already fucked us up but for some reason i'd i'm more scared seeing an alien than i would be seeing a ghost (laughs) for some reason yeah well like a ghost doesn't seem like it can um, put something up your ass, you know. Yeah, exactly. A ghost doesn't have as much reach. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no sodomy experiences with ghosts per se. Uh, I don't know. Or Dan Aykroyd got sexually assaulted by yeah, one sexually, apparently. But. Yeah, but uh, did it assault him or did it make him assault it? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene in Ghostbusters actually happened to him. He, he that he claimed that actually happened to him, and it's like. Well, the ghost was hot. Like, if that imagine if it was like fucking the ghost of like some Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> fucking or fucking meatloaf unzipping your fly or some shit. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like, oh, now it's rape. Yeah, no, he really lucked out there. That, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty awesome. He got a hot ghost. <laughs> I mean, you know, if the alien was attractive, yeah, I probably wouldn't mind it fondling my uh, feet. And it's, and it's weird how, like, like, most people... Anyway, ghosts seem to just haunt the places you, ex, like, expect them to haunt. Yeah. Like, they're always... Like, like this pl- it's c- kind of like when you see someone that kind of looks like a creep and later on you find out he's a creep. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this place is actually haunted. I saw a ghost here. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean... It's a dodgy, weird old cellar in an abandoned house. Yeah. What's the ghost haunting? A tree? Like, yeah. I mean... Now in the jungle, they're like... 
the jungle's grown over all the ghosts as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like the, jungle eats, the jungle eats everything, even ghosts. Yeah. Takes them all up. <laughs> we had no problems with that. What it did get scared of out there, and I wouldn't say scared. I get scared because I um, obviously default to your authority. Mm. And there's some things that you tell me and some things you don't. Like, uh, when we were in Borneo that time, no, when we were in Malaysia the first time uh, for the, the, the Viper, you didn't tell me until Borneo that, that, that there could have been King Cobras there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't tell me that the whole time we were hiking that jungle, right? Well, yeah. I it mean, never it was, popped up, but it was fine. Yeah. But you also <laughs> didn't tell me it when we went to Borneo that time. And there was one on the driveway when we first arrived. A yeah. massive one. That was fucking enormous. And it was right. swallowing like a two-meter reticulated python. Yeah. So so um, I was scared when you get scared. That's what I'm trying to say. So when mm. we're doing the Taylor Taper, when you started getting pretty cautious about those rumblings that we were hearing, yeah. and I thought it was just distant stuff, and you're like, no, these are fucking close elephants. We're in danger here. I got pretty scared there. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that was... So we get a boat, this, this dude to uh, r- drive us up river, like quite a distance up river, and then drop us off on this bank. And then we were to hike in, uh, a, it was at least a day's hike, yeah. to a place where, you know, a good spot for tapir, right? And we go the wrong way. Like we take, because we, we got this lizard that we need to film. So we go off to this part of, or part of the jungle to film it. And which was the wrong way that we should have gone. We should have stuck sort of closer to the river. But as we're filming it, there's this like low rumbling sound. You feel it more than you hear it. Yeah, yeah. You feel it. It's in like your mini stomach. earthquakes, or you don't know if like you've just like stepped on um like some gravel. Yeah. It kind of has that feeling through your body. There's yeah. this little crunch. Yeah. It's like it's a gut it's a guttural feeling. Yeah. And it's very um, strange. Yeah. So I'm like, well, there's elephants near us. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But then the grumbling was happening all around us. So that's when it's like, okay, uh, we're, we're in a bad situation here because elephants, if you generally leave them alone, they're fine. But if you surprise one spring up on one or they just decide they don't want you there they will absolutely lay you to waste and these elephants you could hear the rumbling you could hear sort of crashing in the bush these elephants knew we were there and, and, they, and we were we weren't on a beaten track at all no no we, so were, we were off the beaten track so um we didn't know what we had stumbled across yeah and we just thought it was a cool setting to film this lizard mm. and um yeah, maybe not. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And it's like, well, they're all around us. Which way do we go? Like, we need to get out of here. We need to... And if we go that way, we're going to run into an elephant. If we go that way, we're going to run into elephants. Like, they, it was coming from all all around us. So we went back the way we came. And yeah, we got out of there. But th- that, could, of there. that could have been a fucking bad situation. Like, real yeah, quick. Yeah, but it took a while for us to... Like, we, we took the main hiking tracks... For a while before we ventured off after that. Yeah. And, and I mean, when you say hiking tracks, it's it's like one step removed from a game trail. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even say one step. It's like barely yeah. a game trail. It's like, it well, that's like why we got lost. People. We got yeah. lost a couple of times because we, the trails go fucking in all these weird directions. And uh, they call them trails, but 
like you said, they're very, very narrow. They're right in the middle of the jungle. The jungle consumes everything, so it gets overgrown in like six months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, so if someone doesn't walk down this track for a while, you don't know there's a track there. there there's no nothing. track there anymore. Yeah. So we get to our hide, and we're like overlooking this uh, um, mud pit. Mud thing. pit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a mud pit, and that's a great place for animals to go because animals. They eat the mud for the minerals. Yeah, they, they bathe the in the mud. Like, yeah, they love mud pits. And that's when we caught the gecko. And it was a big-ass gecko. Yeah. Um, and, but, fuck, do you remember? What was it? that? So, during the night, all right, so we bring got food with us and stuff. We brought out, like, noodles and stuff. Yeah, we were seriously overnighting it in, in, in the jungle there. We bought us because we, we we didn't come we didn't we thought we would just rough it but like fuck it let's get some um, sleeping bags here. Uh, we got these sleeping bags that are probably the thickness of two A four sheets of paper. Oh, they, it was it was a medium sized uh, pillow slip. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I've still got that one. Do ya? Yeah, I've still got that sleeping bag somewhere just because how fucking funny and pathetic oh, it is. Oh, that's awesome. But it was a little bit of comfort out there. And then yeah. we and we bought noodles from a local restaurant, put it in a styrofoam thing and, and you know... And when we say restaurant, we mean it's a float, it's a boat yeah, that, no, sell, well, that sells food. It, yeah, it was a restaurant. It yeah, was, they, yeah. Were, they were cool though. These floating boat restaurants. That's a whole other story is how cool the fucking food was at those floating yeah, restaurants. Yeah, right? and they tasted like the river. <laughs> yep. Yep. But you got used to it. Yeah, you got yeah, used to it very quickly. So yeah, we we had our supplies or whatever, so we were gonna take shifts. Yeah. In um just night spotting for this this taper, right? Um fucking what are the odds that we're even gonna see it? Right? Oh yeah, I was I was I, I was I was like this was our last chance to get one. Like there was no other we could spend another few days in the jungle, but this was the spot and this was the time that we needed to find this animal. Otherwise, we would have had to seriously consider uh, looking for another another animal to do the documentary. And we'd hiked all fucking day to get to this one spot. We're there overnight. We had taken a boat to get there and no one knows we're there. We're fucking mm. in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah. just with the cameras... I had um I had the iPad to use as a light. Oh yeah, that was yeah. it. We didn't yeah. even bring lanterns with us. No, we had the spotlight. We had torch. the spotlight torch. Yeah, that was it. That was it. But um, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember, remember that fucking tin can moving. But oh no, it was a candle. It was a candle. It was a candle. Yeah. There was a candle there, and it was moving by itself along the floor, rolling around. And Scott's like, what the fuck is moving that? What the fuck is it? And it turned out it was like a rat thing, wasn't yeah. it? That this was is, this eating is the first shift. I'm trying to get to sleep. <laughs> You're just quiet in the darkness, just staring over this mud pit. I'm seeing on the other side of the hide, this candle starting to just drift up the wall. <laughs> right? And I'm thinking I'm seeing shit because the jungle does weird stuff to you. Fuck you yeah, you, it you does. feel like you're hallucinating in that kind yeah. of darkness because we're like thick in the jungle. Um, get a torch on it it was some massive rodent <laughs> eating the candle but taking it up the i don't know what the fuck it was yeah scared the shit out of me this this hide had no walls on it or anything nah, really, you know nah, it's just... it a block of fucking wood yeah but um it, do you know what do you know what, like when you're saying the jungle does weird shit i'm staring out into the blackness and every now and then i'll turn the uh flashlight on to see if anything's there then i'll quickly turn it off that's the eye shine or whatever yeah but I'm staring out into the... Scott's trying to get some sleep. I'm staring out into the darkness and I'm seeing the trees. And as my night vision's getting better, the trees are 
making weird shapes. Like they're making the shapes of like skeletons and stuff like that. And you stare too long. You start seeing some weird shit. Yep. But so every now and then, you know, I'm getting a bit tired, getting a bit tired. I see something in the pitch blackness that I didn't notice before. So I put the spotlight on. It's a fucking tapir. Oh, fuck. I'm like, Scott, Scott, get up, get up, get up. It's because I, I just like quickly put the torch on it, then took it down because I didn't want to scare it off. But I know it's there in the darkness and I'm waking Scott up. We're fumbling to get One of the biggest adrenaline up. rushes I've ever had. Fucking insane. Like we've been out in the jungle for like like eight days or something looking for this thing and finally there it is. And I have to get... So I need to be in the shot with this with this animal for it to look well when you, when we first saw it, we're like fuck it so so you're i've got the camera set up we've got these close-ups of it you're shining the, the torch on it or whatever then it dawns on us like i might be able to hold the, the torch That's as well right. yeah and you get, you down, get there. down there yeah and, and you like, go down there barefooted fuck that's another thing that scared the shit out of me so i've got the gopro but i'm barefoot because i didn't have time to put my boots on or anything so i'm walking through like the jungle right trying to get close to this tapir Scott's filming it, got the torch on it, so I know where it is. As I'm sneaking up on it, something goes whack right on my foot. Like, I mean, as you know, I've been stung and bitten by a lot of stuff, and this one really hurt, like bullet ant spec. And I have, like, um, I've got a light to light my face, like the camera light. And um, I look down, expecting to see a venomous snake. I'm like, oh shit! But look down, and it's like an ant the size of a fucking hamster. <laughs> this giant ant. I was like, all right, that's all right. That's that's you can not, deal with that one. That's not going to kill me. But um, I'm sneaking up on this uh, tapir, and it's like, it, it sort of cottons on that I'm there because it starts moving its proboscis up and down like a like its trunk, and sort of like sniffing the air. But that can also be like an intimidation thing. But I got fairly close to it, like yeah, man, yeah, fairly damn close. But because I, I was, I was happy eyesight. to get those those shots where I'm holding the torch and the camera, and I actually got you, and then straight over to the thing, yeah. and still got it in focus because that that was perfect because with you, the heart beating and everything, yeah. it was a fucking miracle. Yeah, it was awesome. Like panning over, and I'm in the same shot as it. Like that's that's awesome because yeah, no trick editing going on. No, because what you could do is, and I've seen it done before on many wildlife shows where. They'll film the animal, then just film the person's face and them reacting to it. And like then, yeah, they 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 filmed a like the camera crew probably went out and filmed this animal, then just made out like he was in the yeah, same shot. Yeah, green screen. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then it, it it bolted, bolted off into the jungle. But we had got wicked footage of it, like awesome footage. And I bought that flashlight in Malaysia. Like yeah. we like fucking lucky we bought that. Otherwise you. We We'd have nothing. Have We'd have nothing. Absolutely nothing. We fluked the shit out of pretty much everything we ever did out oh, there in the jungle. For sure. Somehow the stars aligned. Like, there's, like, from knowing what I know now about how production really works or should work, fuck, we did not pay heed to that at all. No way. Like we, we did it our own way, and we, and we got a decent fucking product out of it. Yeah. And so yeah. What they're the fuck, they're what do you want? wicked documentaries, and like I've. You know, it was all self but, but they're better than just a good documentary that, like, knowing the way they were made, it's just like, wow, this is cowboy as hell. Fuck uh, yeah, But then it, it comes together and you see it and it seems like a studio might have done it. It looks good. Like, I edited it and I'd never edited anything before in my life. I had to, like, teach myself how to edit and I got pretty good at it. And, like, 
that mixed with like knowing to get B-roll of stuff, knowing to get cutaway shots. Yeah. Like that came from watching other wildlife documentaries. Yeah, what goes into these things? All right, let's try and film those things. Yeah. And, and it fucking, spice it. They look, you know? they look, they're fucking cool documentaries and they were, they were way more cooler to make, yeah. like to actually be out there and do it. But I remember after we filmed the tape, we were going back up and, and I, I thought I was dreaming. I thought I'd fallen asleep. And had dreamt the whole thing, like because yeah, because it was it was my first night shift where I was sleeping and you were up, mm. and that's when we saw the taper. Yeah, and then right after that, it's probably still like midnight, but we were mm. expecting to be up all fucking night. Yeah, but but we could both sleep now. Yeah, like that was a that was a miracle, and it was a fucking one of the weirdest night sleeps ever fucking because of all the tricks weird. that the jungle plays on you, yeah. right? And that's when the. I, that might have been when the floating candle thing happened. Yeah. I can't even really remember. It was either when I was falling asleep before we saw the taper or just after. It was right in that sort of pocket. I probably got maybe an hour sleep yeah. that night. If that. I mean, you're so high in adrenaline and you're also in a place that is notorious for tigers and leopards and aliens. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You, you've seen all these things. You don't know what's going on. Something's attacked you before. Yeah. Fucking... You, You've you've got a sleeping bag that's pretty much just a bin bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. But so that's not where the story ends either, because something really cool happened to us when we were walking out of that jungle. So we oh, have to shit, yeah. we, we have to go back to the uh, riverbank to meet the driver if he, you know, hoping he bloody he rocks up. Yeah, um, that's why you only pay him half now, half later. You know, so I don't know if we sensor. had. We might have. We might have been going on the honest system then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's probably. probably hoping for a, just a tip, and we, then we never gave him. Yeah, <laughs> I gave him a bottle cap. <laughs> Chuck this in the bin, mate. No, but so we're walking back in the general direction that we think we'd come from, and we sort of lost track of the river because we'll, you follow the river, and that was sort of the general direction. It was like a tributary of the main river. And but we we kind of got lost. We lost track of it big time because there was all those trees falling over that tributary. Yeah, that's remember? right. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't know if we should have crossed then or gone straight. The path just ended, and we just took a gamble, right? Yeah. So we're walking, and you know we've been walking for quite a while, and we look up, and there's a woman standing in the jungle, and yeah. not just a woman, but like a full indigenous native woman 100% like wearing barely Real nothing. dark sort of Malaysian look yeah um, black really curly hair yeah with beautiful flower ring around her head yeah that, that, that it, it stood out to me because you, you, you don't see that and it's weird when you see someone just obviously out in the middle of the jungle that's one thing it, it could be just another fucking twitcher checking out some <laughs> birds or whatever some retiree or whatever yeah with too many pockets on their shirt. <laughs> Could be that. It takes you a while to realize that, like, who is this woman? Yeah. We're like, like, it's, you know, when you see like a weird movie and like a go like horror movie and there's just a woman standing there with like, like a ghost thing. And you're like, what the fuck is going yeah, on here? It shouldn't be there, but you've seen people stand places before. So you're not super surprised. And it takes a while for the context to, to set in. Like, who are you? Why are you here? What's going yeah. on here? And you're, yeah. and, and, and it's like fucking Pocahontas, man. Yeah, full blown. And then the rest of them come out. Like yeah. all the other women and the men come out. The women came out first. Yeah. And then the men were kind of like there protecting them. Yeah, of, overseeing, over yeah. like watching over them, like from a distance. Yeah. And then they came down and there, there was so quite we had, a few we had, of them. we had run into an indigenous tribe 
um, of uh, what are they called? They're called the, the Orang Astley. Orang Astley. I was about to say whatever we talked about in the Anaconda episode. Oh, the Shirashama? <laughs> yeah, the People of the Mist. <laughs> it's whatever. The People of the Mist came out, right? The, the People Shirashama. of the Mist. <laughs> and um, it was magical. It, it was in. It was really cool. Like at first, it's intimidating because you you don't know. They they could be headhunters. You don't know. Like they they very well could be. They could be hostile to you. Like what are you doing here? Yeah. You Luckily, know, I was with Adam. Well, yeah. Well, so we had a few guns. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of bazookas. <laughs> a few pythons. No, but we're like, I mean, they were they were intimidating looking because they are, you see Indiana Jones and you see things like that and you see they're going to throw spears at us and stuff like oh, that. Oh, they outnumbered us as well. But, outnumbered um, us at least and, 10 to 1. And you could have assumed a language barrier. Oh, so straight huge. away, you know, they, they, they belong here or I don't. Yeah. Like th- there was very much that John Smith in Pocahontas vibe. Mm. Uh, it, it's, well, it's like, if they don't want us here and they killed us, th- th- nothing would happen. We yeah. would be gone for it. Like there would be no investigation. But We'd fucking, be gone. But fucking somehow they knew we were lost. Yeah, and they were awesome. They were they, so cool. They like, were beautiful. All the women yeah. were smiling and kind of covering their faces, like shy, sort yeah. of like they were gorgeous looking uh, people. They were like, just like, but not in a, not in, a, in a, anything sexual way. There was no. just some weird fucking beauty about them yeah they just radiated this joy from their eyes yeah and um they basically just pointed at us in the direction we needed to go yeah they didn't say anything they just pointed that way yeah and we, we, we made some hand gestures like we don't know we kind of did that that, that you know sort of arms palms up sort of uh, whatever yeah. um and they kind of knew that we were lost and they kind of just pointed in a direction we thanked them and waved and they made some murmurings. Yeah. But it was like one of the most beautiful encounters it, I've ever had was, in my life. It was crazy. And I mean, for me, like jungle adventure, right? Animals, you know, survival, seeing native people. That is on the list of jungle adventure. That's what a jungle adventure needs to needs to have in it. That, and that's normally the reason a lot of jungle adventures go wrong, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, on, exa- like, I know, uh, yeah. from a Hollywood point of view, yeah. like they, well, they, they, I they mean, normally fuck a lot of shit up. Yeah, I mean, Percy Fawcett apparently got got like topped off by uh, by one of the indigenous tribes in the Amazon. It or he found this lost city of gold and is still living there to this day. But if if they don't want you there, yeah, that's still their... hasn't spent any of that gold. <laughs> yeah. Stingy cunt. Yeah. He's 200 years old as well. But it's like, yeah, I mean, th- that's their home and they could have reacted very, very differently to us, but they yeah. were lovely and... It was beautiful yeah. because it was such a, just like a, a passive um, encounter, right? It was just, we came, we smiled, we sort of interacted with hand gestures. Yeah, there was no they words needed. They seemed to understand needed. us. We understood them. We just walked off. Well, and and, and it, as we were walking away, we didn't know what we had just seen. Yeah, we were like, what the fuck? It was, it's almost like... We didn't know they were whatever people of the mist that, that you had... We didn't know what indigenous people were out there. Mm. We knew that there was, but but that, that you don't think of that straight away when you see people out there. You think, no. oh, like, are this just a... You they, never think you're gonna run into. You be. never think you're gonna run into them. Like, you know that they're out there, but you don't know that they go, your paths are gonna cross randomly. Like, and they assumed we were lost because basically they found two white dudes 
fucking mm. in the middle of the jungle, of course we yeah. were lost. <laughs> but that one of them that had the Black Lives Matter hat, that was a bit weird. <laughs> 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 Jokes, obviously. Uh, no, they were they were really cool, and that uh, like that's that's one of my like top ten jungle experiences. Like was to see yeah. these fucking amazing indigenous people to that area and just running and then them saving us. They like they saved us a lot of fucking around and a lot of shit. Like we we could have been lost forever. Dude, they could have pointed us in the other direction. Yeah, oh, imagine that. Imagine eh? if like the the way we came, they just pointed straight back yeah, down there. The old fucking because because we just trusted whatever they pointed yeah. to. We just trusted them for some reason. We thought, all right, these guys are trying to help us. Yeah, we assumed that as well. Imagine that. Oh, eh? they did the old jungle stitch up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go that way. Yeah, we're still out there. They just seen a tiger that way as well. There you go, guys. Like, oh fuck. I know this podcast will be going along, but before we wrap up, could I just mention cover the funniest parts of of that whole journey that, to me? Yeah. One time, um, so you come out of the jungle. Sometimes it was dark, obviously, as we've mentioned before, uh, and you're trying to get one of those little boats back over to the other side of the river, right? And so you have to flash your torch, flash some lights to get one of the locals to get on his little boat, come over, pay him the the ringgit to get back across. One time we do that. And he's bringing over a whole bunch of like kids <laughs> that were like on these like sort of journeyers, backpackers, like little 18, 19 year old kids, obviously like tripping on acid or something. Oh, yeah. And they're coming over to the dark side of the jungle at night while we're leaving it, right? Dumb idea. Really <laughs> bad idea. And they ask us advice if there's fresh fruits and stuff <laughs> yeah. to eat out in the jungle. Yeah. It, will it be easy to find food? They've got this vision of jungle like there's just bananas Fucking hanging in the tree. They think they think it's like what is it, Swiss Family Robinson, where like there's monkey yeah. butlers. You could just it's it's a pantry of you know mangoes hanging everywhere, and you could just go out there and but, just but we didn't, gorge. We didn't advise against it that much. We just like yeah. nah, man, you'll be fine. Yeah, we just go let for these it. kids disappear to stay overnight in this <laughs> they were never seen again we didn't see them again <laughs> no, they didn't, didn't come back to town <laughs> no we, no we, we were there for quite a while so afterwards. there's like four missing backpackers in, in malaysia from 2015 or whatever we might know what happened to them. yeah and and you know i went back to that jungle two times afterwards one by myself Imagine just finding like four skeletons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got fruit in their hand. <laughs> they actually found something. Yeah. It's like, good it's, for them. It's fresh fruit for some reason. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a hilarious moment as oh, well. Apart from me stacking it in the cave, that was pretty funny. When I slipped and that was very funny. But when you stack it, it's always hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do old man stacks. Yeah, you got that awkward. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't fall right, man. It's hilarious. <laughs> Um, but also, yeah. it was my birthday while we were filming that over there. That's right, yeah. And we so a great moment was... Um, Rindang pizza. Yeah, we had filmed everything because it was just after we had wrapped. We had just got back from this thing. Best my feeling birthday. ever, eh? Best feeling. We, we've got all the shots we need. We might just go out and get some things in case, just whatever. Um, but then we, we went for a swim. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And Johnny Clegg was playing. Fuck yeah, it was. And yeah, so that bringing was it back sick. around to the theme of my podcast about music and stuff, that's a great music moment for me. That was, was sick. was just drinking beers. We'd wrapped this show in the middle of fucking nowhere after God knows what we had been through. <laughs> Aliens, elephants, <laughs> fucking indigenous people, fucking tapers. It, it, was, it was a moment and a half. Yeah, just drinking that was beers sick. in a pool, listening to Johnny fucking Clegg. Yeah. 
And, ah, and Johnny Clegg's awesome. kind of been the theme tune for like all the trips, doesn't it? Every like, trip, even to, every time we work together as well. Like it's, it's the just, theme tune for my life. Yeah. <laughs> if you think if you think of um, Adam, just put on Johnny Clegg, and you'll, yep. you'll understand that's, how he thinks as well. Sum me up pretty damn well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's. I mean, there's gonna be shit that we forgot to put uh, in. Tons. Like that's a good. That's a yeah. good fucking summary of what happened, man. Yeah. That was a great trip, and I appreciated fucking everything about it. Yeah. Thanks it was, for get me involved because oh, thanks for being it. there i yeah. mean they were the best those those three doggos we did were the best fucking best trips i've ever had like they were sick i mean definitely the coolest and weirdest trips yeah, i've been on very as well. weird and we'll talk about we'll we'll do a bearcat of borneo one as well all right um, oh that's a fun time yeah there, yeah hey? big time um <laughs> yeah that was sick but that's it for tale of the tapia um hope you enjoyed it and check out scott's podcast um the jam room podcast it's uh, available on what Spotify. And yeah, you don't have to, guys. It's, it is what it is. Uh, so, I appreciate. So it. don't check out Scott's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks for being here, Scott. It's been a wicked recap in that trip because there was stuff I forgot, and yeah, it's just been awesome. Ah, uh, thanks, man. It's a lot of fun. I fucking I need a beer. <laughs> Another one. You're on like six already. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time on Thorns Jungle. Cheers, guys. <laughs>